Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, the man, the myth, the legend, the baseball betting expert, the basketball betting opposite of expert, Lavender Gooms. (laughs) Yeah. I wish both of you and your mothers a happy belated dominican mother's day and <laughs> when it comes to basketball god damn you jason tatum you couldn't score three more points well since we're just shouting stuff out happy birthday to my father so that's mm-hmm. today that's today all right um all right boys and girls uh we delayed the podcast today for me and mike to get back uh wouldn't have been able to record last night uh worked out okay because nothing's going on um Fucking nothing's going on. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the news. All, very little of it. Um, get some of the boys' reactions to it. Uh, some of my reaction to it. And uh, then we're going to do stuff we like. Um, Mike and I are going to give you guys a pretty thorough review, I think, of Double or Nothing. Because it is the most relevant thing we have to talk about that's happened in the last week. Probably. Um, little MMA tie-in. Paige yeah, Van Zandt. Some of Paige Van Zandt. A good old-fashioned contract issue might have happened, you know. You know, we'll talk about that stuff. We'll see if we can get, we'll get Mark interested in any part of this. We're going to do our best. I think the anarchy in the arena mm. might be the part Mark is most interested in when I just say it was like a New Jack match. So that might actually make him interested. Um, for that, all right, guys, biggest news I saw this week. Hickson Gracie says it's hard for people to deny his 415-0 record. And you know what, bro? I did. He's right. All right. That shit is. There's no holes in that logic, man. Just exactly four. It's a round number like that, too. It's 450 and 0. That's how you know it's a real number. Um, Didn't yeah. he actually lose professional matches? No. Hickson didn't he lose did. anybody. What's his, actual, what's his actual record in MMA? It's not a lot. Because mm, he was pretty yeah, much. He, he was pretty old at that point already. He fought in the Japan Valley Judo. Yeah. tournament and i think that was like three fights maybe and i think there's some stuff on tape but yeah it's kind of silly because i mean he's listed he's listed as 11 and 0 and like the first two fights they're counting are when oh. it was him and uh zulu okay and yeah. he fought talk uh takata takata twice Pride, twice yeah. yeah but uh. other than that so we have 11 accounted for and so how'd that make 459? I mean, I don't know. Are we counting his jujitsu record? 470, you know? Yeah, 450, man. 450. 450. Oh, 450. Yeah. Okay. My math. Greatest fighter of all time. You watch that fight with him and Takata, you know, that footwork, that flat-footed stuff, that's a natural athlete right there. It's a man who cannot be defeated. Um, Well, I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, look, we're we're talking nothing burgers this week, but, like, you, you have to admit, like, dude was... Fantastic for his time. Oh, at his time. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm taking shots. I mean, I'm the, his know. beat down and some of that Valley Judo stuff was so good. 
that THQ is like, hmm, I'm going to put this in my wrestling game. And if so, if you play those old N64 wrestling games and you see that gnarly ground and pound from Mount, that is like frame by frame yep. animation of what Hickson was doing is he in, in the, the game? Japan Valley Turtle. No, is he, is he, he's not one of the fake names. Um, I don't I think don't he is either. Know. But, you know, I think we would have talked well, about it by this and, point. Well, they also have a, I mean, those games were kind of not direct ports, but ports of Japanese. They had like a new Japan game yeah. that those were kind of based off of and i don't think he's in that either and then someone did mod them and make a virtual pro virtual mma or virtual pro mma which is actually yeah, really what's the name mod. of the japanese one was a virtual pro wrestling or something their I version so, of yeah. against yeah mm-hmm. we're talking people uh we're kind of down the rabbit hole here but like we're talking about those old n64 wrestling games that everybody loved the best you know, uh no mercy and revenge and world tour and wrestlemania 2000 i believe those were the four mm-hmm. um the, yeah you said no mercy right yeah yeah that was no the mercy. last one the best one yeah, yeah. That was the best one. WrestleMania 2000 might be the hardest story mode I've ever played in any game ever. You got to be Triple H and Xbox at the same time. What? How? That's not happening. You had to cheat, basically. All the tricks in that one. Um, yeah, was he? He was probably a Fire Pro. Fire Pro at everybody, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they had a lot of pride guys and stuff. I'm pretty sure he was. Mike, those, have you ever but... enjoyed Fire Pro Wrestling? I have no idea what that is. Marcus, can you give a quick summary to the folks? What is Fire Pro Wrestling and why it's so beloved? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, for a long time, it was highly considered to be the best pro wrestling game, uh, and still, I, I think one of the one of the better ones. I actually do like these more current two K games. I actually like two K nineteen a lot. That's kind of my my go to. Yeah. But Fire Pro was that game for a long time, and what made it really interesting is because of the extremely lax copyright laws in Japan. It was basically a, a free for all of all the organizations in Japan, in the U.S., in Pride, UFC. They basically just because I think the copyright laws were as like as long as the name is slightly different, you're good to go, baby. Yeah. So they had some like I think instead of the rock, it was like the lock. Yeah, it was stuff like, like that. Stone Stone Fold Steve Clarkson or so. It was like it was very. But loose, it's, it's, it's like know? they have like uh, like electrifying cage matches in there. They got like I mean it's, for, it's a, the graphics aren't amazing, but like they do try to put a lot into that game, and I think they put a PS. The PS4 version out, like there was one that came out a couple years ago, right? There was some PlayStation mm-hmm. one that came out. I mean, I will, you know, not to get too much into the weeds of it, but again, oh, fuck, we have nothing not, to not talk about. The, Folks, it's one yeah, of these episodes, man. If you don't talking. like wrestling and us talking about games, this is not the episode for you. All right. <laughs> but uh, what, what, what really made that game really interesting is the learning curve of it. It, is, it does take a bit of time mm-hmm. to kind of learn the timing of it all. And that's kind of one of the things that I really liked about it is that it is more skill based because basically anytime the two characters walk into each other, they initiate a tie up. And as soon as the two characters touch each other, you put your input in for whatever move you want to do. And then whoever does that first technically will attempt that move. Right. And then there's tiers of moves. So you have your, your yeah. light moves, your medium moves and your strong moves. So technically you can start a match and try to do your finisher immediately. It's very unlikely that you'll be mm-hmm. able to pull it off, but it's completely possible. You don't have to like build a meter or anything. And then the anime, I mean, I think the couple things that really make that game stand out is like the animation was fantastic. Yep. This was like one of the first wrestling games where it's like, yeah, we don't have a virtual suplex we ha- or a vertical suplex. We have eight different vertical suplexes uh-huh. and how you set it up and how long you hold it. Um, so it had one of the best, you know, creative wrestlers, you know, early, yeah, Mike, you, you, uh, Mike, you got to get yourself some fire pro, man. You might be able to understand what the hell's going on in the game menus. Help us out too. to be, you know, yeah, it is. So I will say What's this, sorry, not fire pro. Well, what's the Fire most? Re- the one, I think the one that came out in two, the, like a couple years ago was in English, right? You can it's straight up in English. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that one was. And help then, you guys with that. 
So it was these games weren't in English until they had a couple Game Boy Advance games, and those games were fine, but they're handheld games, so they weren't up to par. Ugh, but like the, the, the first one I played was actually on the Super Nintendo Fire Pro Wrestling Premium X, and that's where I cut my teeth. And it took a long time to learn like how it works and get the timing down. But the real gold standard standard was the PlayStation One version. Yeah, Fire we bought Pro it on Super eBay. G. I remember that. Yeah, remember we bought actually, one on. I, I, did we, we bought one on of them on eBay? eBay. We bought one of them. I know on I eBay got. We, there were some import shops around here that. Yeah. Maybe there was a Dreamcast one, but Fire Pro Wrestling G was really cool. Is still cool. Would need Mike's help because it had, from what I'm told, mm. like the best like career mode. You basically start out as like a jobber in Japan, and depending on what you answer in your interviews, your trajectory. You can stay in Japan and fight for New Japan. You can go to the states and fight for WCW or WWF. And they have all like Mankind was there and Undertaker and Hogan and Ric Flair. Um, and I just heard it was one of the best, you know, uh, career modes in, in wrestling. Fire but of course, Pro Wrestling G, you G, said. Yeah, yeah the, one, was, uh, the, the PlayStation one is Fire Pro Wrestling World. And it's got like it's got like full New Japan, like actual like participation. That got licensed. Yeah, yeah that got full because, license. So Kenny's in the game and Tanahashi. And I think the Bucks might be in the game still. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, they went, when they went English, because then so the first the first real big one that was in English was um, Fire Wrestling Returns, and that was on PlayStation Two, and that was really good. But because you know it was coming to English, they had to really change up the characters and stuff. But again, once you kind of get into the learning how to download other people's creator wrestlers, and you can also you know customize the ring, the arena. Um, and then they also had a UFC mode. You literally fight in an octagon yeah. and the rules kind of change. So then, you know, and that's in. So speaking of Hickson, to tie it back up, Hickson was actually on the cover of Fire Pro Wrestling G. He's in his little robe mm. and he was kind of the star guy. And they had they had a full UFC mode and they had special kind of positions that were completely MMA related. You could shoot doubles and then you could take a guy down and be in their guard. So you can do attacks from the guard you can also stuff a takedown and be in like a four, you know, like on your all fours as the guy kind of, um, you know, sprawls out. And then because they had pride rules, you can you had moves to throw knees to the head. It, it was it was really fantastic. So I mean, I, I do think you know for those in the know, know that Fire Pro has been you know kind of the gold standard. Um, and again, though, I will say like this is a game that was two D based and it never really evolved from that. So I think visually it might be a little off putting for some people. Cause it does look like, you know, like a super Nintendo game, more or less a little better than that, but it's in that style, which I personally also like. So yeah, you could also, I'm looking at like the stuff on the PlayStation store. They got like the stardom, which is the women's league out there. DLC yeah, packs, they, they got new Japan DLC DLCs. legitimate. They got yeah. like uh you get Jushin Liger on there. I might get this actually. I'm looking at it. Still 50 bucks digitally is rough. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I need to find a disc. Um, anyway, I don't know. But yeah, Hickson. 450 and 0. Back to the original point. Definitely accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think you saw this, Mark, but Mike and I certainly did. Pujanowski, the strong man. He that knockout. <laughs> hit that man with an overhand and then hit him with an uppercut. And let me right tell you, I thought. Right up the middle. Right up the middle. The guy fell over just cartoonish, like hands back. I thought he was wearing a T-shirt, by the way. The man had so many sponsors just on his back. Like, he just <laughs> okay. painted on his back. Um, sure. Pujanowski, I think, is at least 45 years old. That's my guess. Um, Pujanowski, folks, who don't know, um, he's 45, exactly. Um, he's best known for being on ESPN at 2 in the morning on a Saturday with those strongman competitions. He was the man. 
He won a bunch of those. And uh, mm-hmm. you're wondering how he's passing drug tests in KSW? So they're not, do- they're not doing oh, drug yeah, tests in KSW. It's interesting KSW is like a real legit MMA prom- promotion, but then they'll just have like Kujanowski doing stuff, you know, on there too. I, I'm not sure, but I think KSW might also be the organization that they do the medieval night fights to. So, I mean, they have a I think we got Blanc. I think we got Jan from KSW. Like Jan yeah, Blanc, no, Blahovic, like I think that's where we got him from. Legitimate <laughs> fighters have come yeah. out of there for sure, but it is, and I, I'm not sure, because that might be that might be M1 I'm thinking about too with the, with the night fights, but KSW is kind of one of the like kind of weirder one because, you know, Pujanowski's been kind of holding it down over there for like a decade, maybe like this is not his first rodeo. This is not us breaking news of like, oh, the strong man's been fighting in MMA. It's like, no, this dude's been doing it for like a decade at least, probably. Yeah. And, you know, he just I mean, knocked out. He knocked out a former middleweight champion this weekend. So he knocked out. I mean, uh, middleweight champion from where? I yeah, mean, look, I was th- that promotion. <laughs> hey, man, Jan Blahovich was the light heavyweight champion. I mean, this okay, guy, he was a KSW champion. He I'm wasn't sorry. just like Poland's greatest. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, um, other news I saw. Um, Dana White says he can't get, says the boxing business is too, he can't get into it because it's a backwards ass business, which means the fighters have rights. So they made an uh, LLC for it. Yeah. Yeah. He made a, he made a t shirt and everything, right? Is it maybe now because it it was Zufa boxing? He's like, oh, well, I got to do a whole new business. I can't do Zufa anymore. That was the other guys. Yeah, I I, I think it's literally, he's he's saying all these things, but everybody's just like, yeah, because he can't own everybody. Like, you can't. It can't be done. Um, And then I saw that the UFC and WWE are going to run shows maybe at the same time in Las Vegas. Um which is not great. Apparently Dana White's not thrilled about that because he thought him and Vince are cool. Then again, you don't know if Vince is running his own company anymore because his daughter just took a, just left too. So anyway, um, I think, I don't know if everything, if they'd already booked Amanda versus Nunes' fight date when we last talked, but that's happening at the end of oh, July. I think the, sh- the show's been in production for a couple weeks now, right? I, I see tough tough rumblings here and there so i know that's been going it would be weird to start that show without like mm. this is when the two are gonna fight let's start promoting that to be like oh they're gonna fight eventually we'll yeah I, um other news i saw some picture i saw a video of kamzat Chime of kamzat getting uh sparring with the warlord over there kadirov and letting the mm-hmm. warlord hit him and then he let it then uh, i saw more vid- i saw pictures of kamzat getting punched and stuff sparring by the warlord's children just being their play toy, and I'm just like, yeah, just is great, cool. This guy's gonna be UFC champion soon. I mean, <laughs> he he knows who's pulling the trigger and hiding the bodies. Bobby he lives in Sweden. Guy. I don't think I'd be punching. He's, he he lives in Sweden. <laughs> um, UFC signed two-time Muay Thai world champion Tainara Lisboa, um, which hopefully the young lady is learning grappling uh, very quickly. But you know, Muay Thai world champion Brazilian. Let's see what comes from that. Um, Claudia Gadelia called out Joanna and Jacek for a third f- match, but this time be grappling. And uh, she says, "I don't think Joanna would say yes to that." And I'm like, "I would, would say she? yes to that. Why would she? Yeah. She's two and zero against you, right? Like <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's necessary." Um, yeah, not a lot going on, guys. Really, not a lot going on. Um, except uh, I got Vittoria and Whitaker is going to happen. They booked it again for mm-hmm. Paris. So. Yeah, that France card. Yeah, um, that France card is going to be interesting. Maybe they may don't make the same Bellator mistake and, you know, 
have an American wrestler just grapple everybody to death, but I guess that could happen if this is the main event. Have the Italian, though, grapple the Australian. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no French representation, which, which also I mean, seems like uh, kind of a miss. But. Well, I mean, the heavyweight champion, you might want to be nice to him, ask him to at least show up. He might still uh, well, show up, actually. Isn't isn't it headlined by Gone and somebody? Is it Ty? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's Cyril Gone and Ty. I mean, there has to be... I would think it would be a very big misstep for them to go to Paris for the first time and not have... You know, look, the, the roster is not full of French fighters, but you got some representation. That's kind of what you do when you go overseas. I don't... That would be kind of a misstep, I think, on their part, not to have... Well, I think the misstep already is that they haven't re-signed him and just given him what he wants. So why is he going to do them any favors? Because he's he wants to. I think he's going to show up. Honestly, UFC Paris is going to be headlined by. Uh, it's expected to be. It's not officially. It's supposed to be Sorrell versus Tai Tuivasa. Sorrell okay. versus Tai Tuivasa, which is. God, I hope Ty Tuivasa knocks him out in France. That, there'd be a lot of upset Frenchmen that day, I'd imagine. I mean. But then they, was they, they Gon's full French, right? And Nuganu wasn't, right? Gon's that's why born in France. And Ganu is African, and the French get real racist with this right, stuff. Surreal Gon, born in France. How about his parents? Are his parents first, gen- first generation mm, immigrants? How, how far does it go? Yeah. Uh, he's how from. French is- how French is God is apparently is you know what I'm asking. His parents are both from there, so at least okay. at least that much. So they can't they can't. Apply oh, by the way, they all got they all got they all get back on. All the French people got back on Nganu's side after he beat God. They're like, oh, okay, now he's French again because he won. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember the pendulum swings. <laughs> exactly, man. You know, it's the way it is. Um, yeah, Hicks and Bifuna, Bifunaki too, huh? Okay. That's right. I still have yeah. Hickson's record up. Um, knees and elbow strikes were forbidden in that match because. Why? Why wouldn't you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Funaki was fighting in Pancrase where you couldn't hit him with a closed fist. So mm. this is a big step up for him in that one. I'm just wondering, is, is Kron, what's Kron up to? We haven't seen Kron in yeah, almost know. two and a half years since he lost to Cub Swanson. Like, yeah, had some high hopes for that kid, man. Like, mm-hmm. not just because his name was Gracie. He was young and talented and, you know. And that was a good fight. You know, it was, a, it was, I think it was a brutal fight. And that might be why we haven't seen him back. I mean, he lost quite so soon. He lost every round in that three round fight, but it didn't I, go well. I mean, I think he took a lot of damage. Yeah, he got right? his, he got tuned up. I might have even heard he's like, Yeah, I'm kinda good for a while. <laughs> I'm kinda yeah, that, that beating kinda, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna step back for a sec. I saw speaking of prodigies, um Edmund Shabazian. Um, hey. yeah, yeah, the one who was managed by Rhonda and uh was it uh coached by uh Edmund mm-hmm. over there at Edmund the and he left. Yeah, he left the gym to go. What was it? Did you see what Jimmy went to, Marcus? Was it ATT? I assume ATT with all these things. I, I might be wrong. Wanted to say it was like the lab or something, but I'm not sure. I really don't honestly remember. Yeah. Oh, maybe it might be the lab. Um. But yeah, he. I don't know how much is Rhonda paying attention to that gym. Rhonda's had a kid. Rhonda. Rhonda's. Rhonda's. She. I don't know if she's champion. She might be champion. I. She's in she WWE. Is, yeah. Sure, she's in WWE. Yeah, she beat Charlotte in WrestleMania. No, she didn't. Charlotte won that. Are you sure? Yeah, she cheated. Oh, huh. she che- he also ch- signed with Ed Ali Abdelaziz. So he's got a future making upper middle class money in the UFC, but nothing better than that. Um, 
Yeah, I think I've dragged out this MMA conversation as long as I can, guys. Let's make our pick sure. for this weekend's card. Um, the UFC is back with another bullshit card this weekend. Um, I The UFC used to run Memorial Day every year in Vegas. Like, speaking of Ronda, Marcus, we went to Ronda versus Alexis Davis, Weidman mm-hmm. Machida in, in, in Memorial Day weekend. I don't. The UFC used to be all about Memorial Day weekend. I just kind of stopped. Mike, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Correction. Uh, Ronda did beat Charlotte, but it was at WrestleMania Backlash. Okay. So she's there champion. There you go. Now we got, we got the story straight. And close that book. Excellent. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, the, Bob, to, to your point, yeah, I mean, the UFC used to book a lot of big cards around, you know, national holidays. You know, they're, they still doing, they're still doing International they're Fight Week, though. They still do the July one in Vegas. That's happening again. I mean, it's easily like just punted on. Maybe Memorial Day was not a good. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. We went and we thought I seemed pretty full to me. It seemed like it did well, the show. <laughs> For all we know, maybe it was AEW, you know, going to be in town. Like you said, with the WWE thing, maybe they weren't feeling it. I don't know. I, I don't know why they, they decided to skip it, but, you know, um, it wasn't a nice card would have been nice, but I'm glad they didn't just shovel out what we're about to talk about. So, yeah. And I like the main event of this card. Honestly, I just after that, it gets it gets bad. Um, you know, we say this, by the way, and then we got like, you know, one of our employees is one of my employees is a big MMA fan and he's cleaning up betting on these fights and like knows all these people on these undercards. So maybe it's just us. I was thinking about this. Should we should we ask him for his picks? We I mean, he's cl- he may hit like a five fight parlay on a bunch of Russian cats I never heard of before and won like no, fifteen hundred bucks. Bobby, I mean, uh, obviously he's better than us. You need to you need to get these picks, bro. I'm I was going to say I'm, he should have I'm his own show. His weekend, show's probably right? better than us. Yeah. OK. I mean. I'm sure I'm looking at this like Dan Ige versus Movsar Evlov fight, and I'm like, what? Who that? What the hell's that? You know, guy's got five UFC fights. I have no idea who he is. The guy to come in. So, yeah, part of me thinks we should pick it, but I don't know who that is. So, here we are. Um, All right, Alexander Volkov, Jairzinho Rosenstruck, aka the Biggie Boy. Um, gonna throw down at heavyweight guys. Five rounds. If it takes five rounds, we'll all be. Real sad, quite frankly. Um, Biggie Boy coming into this one. I don't remember last time he fought, to be honest. Lost to Curtis Blades. Don't even remember that fight. Um, one has lost two of three sandwiches. Uh, sandwiched a win over Augusto Sakai over losses to Curtis Blades and Cyril Gone. Uh, one, one, lost one. Really, his last five fights. Um, Alexander Volkov, on the other hand, uh, the former Bellator heavyweight champion. Um, coming off a loss to Tom Aspinall back in March, got got that straight arm bar, three minutes and 45 seconds in. A lot of wins and losses for this man. Uh, also, a bit more experience, 44 professional fights, 34 and 10 overall. Biggie Boy, only 15 professional fights, 12 and 3 overall. Betting line, according to the UFC website, um, Biggie Boy coming in at plus 135. Volkov coming in at minus 155. Courtesy um, of DraftKings. It is DraftKings theirs? Yep. Okay. I thought we're a FanDuel podcast. We're a FanDuel podcast, hence why I don't know why you keep going to the UFC website. If you want the FanDuel odds, which is what we use on this podcast, we are a FanDuel family here. We're not sponsored by them. You know what, was it, Mike, this really sounds like you want to be the one to pull the odds every week, so that's, this sounds like an opportunity for you. What are the FanDuel I, odds, Mike? I just like hearing myself talk. <laughs> I will let you stay with that. You know, just, uh, just stop going to UFC. All right. Uh, 
on FanDuel, uh, Jair is a one plus 136 uh, underdog to Alexander Volkov's minus 174. Okay. Who do you got? Or am I supposed to go? I mean, who's in first? Am I supposed to go? Because I'm in first? You're, What's the thing? You're, mm-hmm. you're in first. Yeah. Okay. So does that work? Make, I mean, I got to make every single pick? I mean, this week's only one. But it's it just one like... One. Okay. We'll play it week by week. Um, I got one time I wanted to hear what you picked first. And you went to me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, want to, um, I got Volkov. I think Volkov's a more complete fighter. I've, see, I've seen Volkov get knocked out by a bearded block, black uh, bald man before, too. So I'm a little worried about that. When Derek Lewis hit him and knocked him into the shadow realm, um, the, the famous my balls are hot uh, fight. Um, still, I got Volkov, former champ. Uh, Biggie Boy. Biggie Boy's more than just like a swinger and banger, but not a ton more, honestly. And if it stays standing, I feel Volkov should be able to pick him apart. Marcus, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to take Biggie Boy to to make it interesting and try to gain some ground, but I I kind of do agree with you. I think he's going to be a little bit more technical on the stand-up. I think he uses his height fairly well. I think Rosenstrike, I mean, he can hit hard. I definitely think he can. This fight is not out of the realm of possibility for him to win. I think it's going to be a closely oh, no. contested fight. I think it's going to be round by round, and, and, and that's maybe the edge I'm kind of giving Volkov here, too, is I think if this does go later... He's going to have the better conditioning to to put on a little bit more in those rounds. Um, so I am I do feel a little bit more comfortable with uh, Volkov, but I think it's going to be a competitive fight. And, and I do think it might not be maybe the most exciting fight. I think it can be a little technical. I think there's going to be a lot of fighting on the outside, you know, push kicks, low kicks, jabs, not really wanting to get in range. Um, and when it does, that's where Biggie Boy is going to have to try to press the action. But I'm interested to see where this fight's going to play out in the clinch, if it goes to the ground at all, um, how that's going to work out. I do think Volkov is a little stronger in those areas, but Biggie Boy has kind of proven that you know he's a live horse, and I think he can get the win here. But I think you know just logically, I'm a lot more comfortable with Volkov in this one. Mike, I on the other hand. I'm going with Biggie Boy because nice. your boy wants to sniff and taste first place for the first time this year. Am I even in uh, first so place? I was going to ask. Like, I thought I, thought yeah, I wasn't doing that great first. recently. Hence, hence, yeah. why you went, hence why you went first, bro. There you well, go. I mean, I, th- yeah. I thought you just wanted me to go first. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, still, you still got the number one by one game. 20, 25 and three, bro. Well, 25 and 13. Dang, um, I, I do think and Strike is a, is a live dog in this, in this match. Yeah, he's only plus one. 30? Was it? 135? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, 136. Yeah. Um, interesting. I think FanDuel is the biggest sports book easily, but I'm thinking about it. AEW and uh, and UFC, both with DraftKings uh, deals. I don't know why AEW has any deal with them, to be honest. You can't bet on wrestling. Money. I mean, you take money, I guess. That's fair enough. Um, okay. This guy, uh, this Movesar guy, is facing Dan Ige. Mm-hmm. And uh, homeboy is minus four twenty five against Dan Ike. Yeah. So yeah. I feel we're gonna do, guys. We're gonna we're gonna learn who this guy is this week. Okay. Well, only if we watch and pay attention, and that is probably what we do the worst. Because if we were paying attention and watching the fights, we would already know who he is potentially. Yeah, but it hasn't been a strong suit. In um, fairness, I'm looking at the people he's beaten. And okay. uh, at no point did I want to watch any of these people fight. Okay. The resume is a little sparse. I understand. The only one I would have wanted to watch fight. I mean, 
I, if you told me, I mean, you, I do not watch Nick Lentz fights. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I just, I can't do that. Hakeem Dawadu is the last one. I was like, oh, I'm, I like watching Hakeem fight. A um, lot of decisions for this man. Mm. So I'm just assuming Dan Ige might be on his back. Just guessing. Just mm-hmm. how this rolls, how this is going to go. Uh, master of sport and Greco-Roman wrestling is what this man has. Mm. Dan Ige is going to be in the air a bunch in this fight. On the ground after that, too. Um, all right, yeah, the rest of this card, pretty uninspiring stuff. Um, Carolina Kolowolkiewicz versus Felice Herrig. Yeah. Legitimately didn't know Felice still fought or was Same. in this promotion. She uh, hasn't fought in, I want to say, at least two years. She hasn't fought. She fought in August of 2020 against somebody. Uh, against Verna Jan- J- John Daroba. Don't remember that at all. Uh, I'm assuming she lost. If she lost by armbar. I would have thought she was bare knuckling it. it. That just seems somewhat the trajectory. Well, I know she's OnlyFans of- again. So I thought like sure. she was making off of, enough off of that. Um, I mean, maybe she is already. Maybe she is making enough and she wants to do this for fun. Or she just you know, likes to challenge herself. Three straight losses. Um, and I didn't, Carolina didn't fight that often either. The more I think about it, I don't remember the last time Carolina fought anybody. Um, she took a lot of damage in some of those fights there. She lost, Carolina got armbarred by Jessica Panay. Like, I'm, I'll say it. She, that's not a great look at this point. I, I think their records, you know, not, not to disparage them. Oh, you know what? I was mixing, showed. I was mixing up Jessica Panay and Jessica I. I take it back. Um, Jessica Panay, good fighter. Jessica I, I don't think is highly of. Um, Carolina was a title contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she gave she's she was the one who survived five rounds against Joanna. I remember that, like that was a big deal when it happened. But she took a lot of damage in those fights. Um, yeah, I she's lost five straight. That's rough. That's yeah. tough. Where is this happening? This fight is it in is it in the in the thing the apex? You know it. Why? Where else would they go? I don't know. We got a lot of Eastern Europeans going on here. I thought maybe wouldn't they weren't doing it there. Um. Anyway, you know, when, when you want hot trash, you go to the dumpster that they call UFC Apex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I'm sure it's a great venue in these. And again, you know, this is no, fuck, the, fuck, the UFC, these, fuck the UFC these, Apex these guys. Fuck the UFC Apex. I mean, uh, I do feel that like if they're basically saying we don't care if anyone sees your fights in person. I don't know. Kind of feel like they're not. They don't think very. Yeah, why why am I the asshole? Okay, I'm not saying when these people are showing me, no one's there, huh? No one said you were the asshole. I was covering my butt for being an asshole is all I was doing. And then as um, I walked it back, you guys was like, nah, 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 we're scorching earth over here. So, um, folks, question for you guys. Everybody's got homework. This pay-per-view that's the following week, headlined by Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prochaska. By the mm-hmm. way, great interview with Glover on the um, Morning Combat YouTube channel. Slash podcast feed uh, by Luke Thomas and uh, CEO of Chang's Brian Campbell, nice. um, and Glover's a really interesting cat. Just putting that out there. Uh, I thought this thing is gonna be is in Singapore. Maybe it's early in the morning. Um, UFC no. website says seven p.m. Mm-hmm. This is where they can charge us a pay per view charge, right? They work. They can't just give us this thing. I thought they were gonna oh, give yeah. just give it to us in the morning. We're just getting this at you know noon or twelve or ten in the morning. This is. This is those guys got to be fighting at what two, three, four in the morning or something ridiculous. Yeah, I'm gonna say what's the time? Is seven p.m. is when this starts. It's actually roughly what the time is now in the West. Seven p.m. Pacific, and right now it's seven fifteen Pacific. Time in Singapore. Okay, I think it's ten a.m. Ten fifteen a.m. That's not that bad. 
Oh, okay, for these guys, what about the prelims? Oh, the prelims are the guys are going to be morning or 6 a.m., baby. <laughs> this is like when they go to like, I mean, okay. How often is a champion, a UFC champion, the underdog? Uh, not very often. I guess not Al, very. Al Jermaine. Al Jermaine was probably the underdog in his under, last fight. Al Jermaine might sure. be the underdog in the next one, too, depending on who they give him. If it's TJ, people might give you know. Anytime uh, there's an upset, I'm sure you're Matt Sarah's and, and what yeah, have you. Yeah. When they... yeah, I think Frankie was the underdog the second BJ Penn fight because people are like, I don't know if he won that first one. And then we're like, oh, wait, he's better than him for sure. Um, yeah, okay. 10 15. This, uh, this card is significantly better than this fight night, obviously. One would hope. Uh, with two title fights, Glover and Yuri, and then Valentina defending against Talia Santos. Talia is a very, very live dog. Um, with her 19 and one record with, you know, 10 goddamn knockouts. Like she's a very good fighter. Um, and if you think she's going to win, I bet you can get decent odds because people yeah. don't probably don't know her that well, but she's very, again, I'm going to say this again. She's a very good fighter and I'm thinking, yo, Valentina, she's my favorite female fighter. I think she probably is the best pound for pound female fighter right now, I guess. If that means anything, it's hard mm -hmm. to say when she lost to Amanda twice. But yeah. um, I was trying to pull the odds up for that fight, but I best fight odds is a mess. I can't tell where anything is anymore. Oh, yeah. Vitalia is plus 500 because um, that's where Valentina is, is right now with smoke. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, you also got Whaley and Joanna, a three-round fight mm -hmm. for some reason. We all kind of wanted it to be a five-round fight. Sounds like Joanna wanted it to be a five-round fight too, but she would like the paycheck of a five-round fight. And the UFC was like that Black Panther meme where it's just like, we, we don't do that here. We don't, we don't, we don't give them extra money. Um, yeah, not bad. You know, they want money from you. So it better be good. Um, I think I'm done. We're done talking about MMA. Mm -hmm. Now, Marcus, should we yes. give them the, the AEW review first? Should we go with what you got first? What, how, what do you think? Yeah, you, you know what you got. I don't know what you, I mean, I, I know what you got to say. Uh, I mean, I, I do have a handful of things. I mean, I think it, it's really up to you guys. If, if this is going to be like a very long one, maybe he wants to, maybe you guys want to go last so you can kind of wrap up the show. Um, I don't know. It was a long fucking show. Podcast. Maybe we should go last. It's a real long, it was, sure, it was yeah, a long was, show. Go ahead, Marcus. I'll blast through mine. You know, there, there has been a lot of like good stuff this last week. So I, you know, I do have a bit, Fuller of a card than I've come with the last couple weeks because it has been kind of. Well, we also didn't do a show for... last week, did we? We had we had a when did we did we miss a show in the middle here at some point? No, we missed a show yeah, the previous week. The week before weeks, that, yeah. yeah. I think we, yeah, I think we did a show last week. Yeah, last week we did. The week before it. that, we didn't. Yeah, but okay, yeah. So, um, a couple new shows uh, came out this last week. Obviously, Obi Wan. I only watched the first episode so far. I mean, I think like we do with all the other big shows, we'll wait until the whole season is wrapped. I've enjoyed what I saw so far. Marcus, but, repeat you know, yourself. We'll you, you, we just lost you for the last like 10 seconds. Yeah, sorry. I look like my internet was a little choppy. Um, I mean, I just watched the first episode of Obi-Wan. So I'm sure when it's all said and done, we'll circle back and really give our, our thoughts. Um, one show that isn't doing the weekly thing that they released all the episodes and I gobbled them up because, oh boy, this Ooh. was some good eats. You don't know what I'm talking about, Bobby. You Stranger no Things. Idea. Huh? Stranger nope. Things. No, I have not caught up with Stranger Things. Oh. This is a deeper cut. Because I know you guys haven't watched the show, even though I said it's good. And this spinoff, I think, is even better than the other show. So the show I'm talking about is on Hulu. This is a spinoff of the Letter Kenny show called uh, Shorzy. 
And Shorzy was basically kind of a really small character on Letter Kenny, which is basically, you know, Letter Kenny is about like kind of a rural Canadian town, very small, very, you know, tight knit. And it was about like the misadventures that would happen there. And Shorzy was one of these characters that was a hockey player. And his his bit was basically, you guys know hockey players do chirping, right? Where they kind of talk shit to each other. Um, his whole thing was there's these two characters that are like the high school guys or like, you know, the college guys, the young guys that are uh, hockey players. And they would kind of chirp at each other. And, and Shirzy would just talk about how he screws their mom and how he makes, you know, mom makes me breakfast in the morning. And it was, it was just good little one-liners back and forth. But Shirzy was always kind of like an asshole character. Like he just spouts a bunch of nonsense. Everyone kind of hates him. So this show is basically all about him. And what's kind of fun is the main character in Leonard Kenny. I think his name, his actual name is like Jared Coper or something. I'm not sure. He plays Shorzy. He, and he basically was voicing him with like more of like a high-pitched kind of voice. And oh boy, do I love Shorzy. This show is so good. I I, I recommend Jared Kiso? Yeah, yeah. Jared okay. Kiso, yeah. So he's like the writer and producer yeah. of these shows. And I, I think they're fantastic. He plays Shorzy. And what I really like about this show is something that I've come to enjoy more in a couple of these sports comedies, kind of like Ted Lasso, is while I'm not super into what I'll call the ball sports, or in this case, the puck sports, I do think having a sitcom or show that's kind of around that is really interesting because I think what most people who really get into sports really like is the kind of narratives that play out as you grow to know the players and you kind of know them not like on a personal level, but on like a professional level, their ups and downs and the struggles they go through, it makes the sport more kind of appealing. And I feel like with kind of a comedy sitcom like this, it's another thing where it's like, yeah, this is, he's on a team that's doing really bad and he tries to turn it around and it's a very likable story, but it's just filled with fun characters and just kind of, you know, going through the games and watching the games and stuff is in and of itself enjoyable. But like I said, I just I honestly think I like this show more than I like Letter Letter Kenny. And I actually really love that show. I think this kind of take on it was really fun. It's six episodes, so this is something that I could highly recommend. And you don't have to have watched Letter Kenny at all. This his his kind of connection with that show is minimal at best. Uh and you can still kind of get like why this show is really fun. It, I really loved it. I, I can't say enough good things. I mean, me and Christine watched all six episodes the, on Friday night, which is not really my mode. And like, even when we started watching, I was like, okay, we watched two. Let's back off and like, we'll save it. You know, we got a three day weekend. Let's save it. And it was just like, let's just watch another one. It's too good. It was too good not to watch. Um, yeah. So Shorzy on Hulu can't recommend it enough. Six episodes, 30 minute episodes, fun, easy watch. Uh, another show that I've actually heard about, for a while but never really gave it a shot until we were kind of perusing netflix and i saw it and i watched a little trailer and i was like you know what this looks kind of cute and fun um this is called uh love on the spectrum this is one of those reality tv shows basically like a dating tv show about people on this autism i'm not saying that right autisms yeah spectrum um and it's really cute it's really fun you know it's i think Everyone has kind of known if you kind of put yourself out there and I've gone in the dating world, just how kind of awkward it is on a first date, getting to know somebody, having that kind of communication with somebody else. And you could imagine that someone on the spectrum would struggle with that a bit more. And I think what kind of makes the show work, obviously, there's parts that are kind of cringy or kind of embarrassing because, you know, 
these people aren't super great at communicating each other and they're on a first date, which is already very awkward and they're very nervous. And you can only imagine compound that with having a camera crew around you too. But you really like a lot of these shows get to like learn about these people, learn about, you know, autism and how it affects people, which is something that I don't know a ton about, but what I've really liked in the few different reality TV shows that I do consume is getting these other flavors of life that I don't naturally come across or have no people that deal with these things. And a lot of times it's just like, um, uh, queer eye for the straight guy. It's just like, I think it's really empowering to build empathy for people that you may not otherwise have really encountered or have been able to really hear their story or their point of view on things to build empathy towards. And I like these shows that kind of show you like, yo, this is a different lifestyle. You know, these people's lives are very different from what I'm used to and the struggles they go through are very different and it builds empathy in me and it builds, you know, a kind of better understanding of what people that, you know, are born with this, disability have to go through and the struggles they have and i find that stuff really empowering and it's obviously it's really fun to watch them succeed it's interesting and you know it pulls up the heartstrings as you watch them struggle with you know similar things that we've all you know i think we've all gone on bad first dates or have been on a date and it's been like oh there's kind of a silence here and i don't really know what to say next so i think this is a really great show where you can relate to these people and kind of get a better understanding and build empathy for, you know, something that I feel a lot of times is, you know, not really cast in the right light or gets, you know, um, you know, presidents or not president, uh, you know, we can kind of formulate our own opinions on these things without really having that kind of contact. So I really liked it. It was really fun. You know, uh, we watched through the first two seasons, which were filmed in Australia and that's kind of a fun little, Slice of life as well. Seeing a reality to reality TV show that was shot in Australia is kind of interesting. I haven't seen a lot of those. Um, and then Netflix also has one that was filmed in the States and we'll probably watch that next. So yeah, that's been some good viewing there. Um, last but not least, a new game came out last week that I've been anticipating for a while. Uh, they announced this game, I think in 2020, if not 2019, this is Ubisoft's free to play game called roller champions. This is kind of their, unique take on uh roller jam is that what i'm thinking of what's that sport called they roll around the rink in a circle roller jam roller derby roller derby thank you mike with the save um it's kind of roller derby meets like a little bit of basketball i guess um it's fun you know i i thought this was when i saw it a couple years ago seemed like a really interesting take it kind of came out last week with little to no fanfare and this weekend i was like yeah i want to kind of give this a shot i played a handful of games while I do think the game is kind of simple and fun and enjoyable, playing with randos when you need to cooperate is can be somewhat frustrating. I think the game kind of spells it out pretty easily about what you're supposed to do. You're going after a ball. Once you get the ball, you have to clear these gates. Once you clear the gates, then you can shoot the ball in the hoop. But I've been on multiple teams and played multiple games where one of my teammates will get the ball and go in the opposite direction not get anything done whatsoever, just waste time and then ultimately lose our possession and be like, okay, you just clearly don't know how to play the game yet. And that part is frustrating. I'm sure as I play more, get a higher rank, I'll be playing with people that kind of at least understand the base concept. But yeah, I've been finding it to be a very enjoyable game. My only real complaint is that as a free to play game, this is a game that's, you know, going to really bank itself on you unlocking certain things. And I do feel like it's kind of slow to unlock stuff. If you're not paying money, I'm in a really kind of 
cringy shirt where it just says fresh meat on it. And I'm very much looking forward to where I can get anything that doesn't make me look like a dweebus. But I think that's they're probably like, you're going to look like a dweeb for at least 20 games unless you, you know, chuck out some money towards us. And I'm kind of unwilling to do that. So uh, I'll be wearing my fresh meat shirt, I'm sure, for many games to come. And it'll be nice once I get anything else to wear. So I just don't look like a big dweebus out there. But the game's been fun. Yeah, that's what I got this week. All right, Mike, do you have anything besides the fact that we went to wrestling two days in a week? In a week? <laughs> uh, just to add on to one thing, I've watched uh, so far the first two episodes of Obi-Wan and uh, pretty good. So no one's watching Stranger Things. Eventually, I'll watch it. You know, I'm, I was I'm kind of in Vegas last week. Many, many seasons behind, but I have heard about who like the villain or monster is and i oh, thought don't say let's not let's not uh spoil it for didn't me say anything here. but i saw lots of video clips i was like this thing isn't and i was like i know that thing that's weird that it's in stranger things it makes me more interested in the show to be honest yeah um isn't it i'm gonna still, try to watch it uh, isn't it still the demigorgon from the first season or the mind flayer i know some dungeons and dragons shit in the uh the first season look that's I'm that's not people. saying nothing, Mike, because I could tell you, but I'm not saying I'm, I'm excited to start watching it. I've heard good things from this season. Yeah. So I, check I, it out. This is season four. I only watched the it first is, season. It is. I guess so. it's the final season because yeah. it's going to, it has like, I think it's like six or seven episodes, maybe more, but then there's two more episodes coming out in July. And I guess these are long ass episodes. Some of these. So, and I will say this: this past weekend, watching Love on a Spectrum, and we watched a couple episodes of The G Word, and I think it's called The G Word. A couple other. Net- I've kind of been digging my Netflix account. It's kind of nice to be like, oh, I'm looking at stuff. I, I, it's you got. Do you guys ever know like that show is called like Adam Ruins Everything? Is this white guy with blonde hair? Yeah, it's him doing. And this is like I, I heard about it years ago, like Obama and Michelle. Brock and Michelle had like a production company with Netflix and they're making a bunch of shows. And this is one of them. He basically goes around and follows government employees and kind of talks about their job. And we saw it on a YouTube channel where they're talking about the FDIC, which is like the federal reserve people that like help banks when they basically F it up and they're about to go bankrupt and the government comes in and kind of like saves the day. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know about that. That seems kind of interesting. So we checked that show out. It, It was fine. I didn't mention it on things we liked, but Mostly, I've been digging through my Netflix and being like, oh, there's a handful. I, Ricky Gervais has a new comedy special. I just saw... Yeah, he, really... he, made, he made the trans people, the trans folk angry with that one. Oh, he did? It. I did not see it yet. It's called Supernatural, I guess. I haven't seen it. I just... I mean, this is luck. I'm a... You know what? I'm not going to say anything. Never mind. Okay. Um, then I'll, I'll chime yeah. in and just one last thing. Literally, right before the show started, I was flipping around and I saw this show called Old Enough. And I was like, this looks interesting. And I watched the little trailer for it. And I was like, oh, this looks fun. And then me and Christine watched one episode because it was only like seven minutes long. And this is a very adorable Japanese show taken in like the early aughts where they basically send little children, like two-year-olds out on errands that they're a little too young to do. And we just watched this two-year-old walk to the grocery store and buy flowers for his grandma's shrine and curry. And it was fucking adorable and really fun. So I'm looking forward to watching more of that. <laughs> um, all, you, all you need is just one kid to get snatched up like a bag of rice. That's all Christine was <laughs> saying. Was like, this is the shit they used to do in America in the 80s. Just let your kids run out and just like go to the grocery store. I was like, this is Japan, Christine. No one's going to take this kid. He's also followed with a bunch of camera crews. It's just like, I know. I know that's going to happen. <laughs> this is just 
makes me very anxious and nervous. And I was like, okay, I can understand, but this child is very cute and he's dragging his flowers across the street. So what's not, what's, what's not to love there? Um, all right. AEW double or nothing weekend or week. Um, AEW ran Vegas Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. We went to the Friday show and the Sunday show. Um, Mike, just want to say, I think AEW puts on quite a show. This is my, this was both of our second AEW shows, I think. Yes, I went to a Grand Slam back in September, and uh, Rampage was my second, and then uh, Double or Nothing was my third. Yeah, pretty much the same for me, except my first show was the first Double or Nothing in 2019. I went with uh, Kid Presentable and uh, my buddy Drew, who joined us for this trip. I guess I'll just kind of go through, I mean, I guess from the Rampage being the lesser of AEW shows, um, things that stuck out was a Gangrel appearance. Uh, we had yeah. a Gangrel appearance, Marcus. It was pretty nice because the young bucks, were try- young bucks were trying to make fun of the Hardys, so they came out dressed like the Hardys. Shout out to them nailing all the mannerisms and the moves. But then Gangrel came out and spit some blood. And I was like, right on. I haven't seen you since Hood Slam. Um, yeah, that was a fun, fun little cameo. <laughs> he's also, his, he has a school, and that's where he's, he's training Paige Van Zandt. Mm. And she had her debut this week, so I'm imagining he was around. Anything else from Rampage that really stuck out? I mean, it was a good show, I thought. I, people were not happy that Ruby Soho beat Chris Statlander, it seemed like. People were pretty upset about that. Um, uh, people booed very heartily uh, when that happened on Friday. Yeah, but if they knew that Ruby was going to lose in two days later, they probably wouldn't have booed as much. <laughs> um, let's just talk about the pay-per-view. Yeah. Want to go down it. the line here, buddy? Um, yep. Hookhausen against Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. Ooh, I mean, what do we say, man? The fucking now, Hookhausen's over as shit. <laughs> now, uh, one thing just to reiterate, and I know we've talked about this for a while. I pretty much went into this event pretty blind um outside of knowing what the card was i really haven't been following over the last mm-hmm. month and a half so i don't quite understand uh what's the big deal with Hookhausen? well you know how hook is super over yeah and you know how Danhausen is super over sure that, that that's it that's it they just came together they became friends because people stepan described it well last week where he said Neither of the AEW or WWE shows make a lot of sense, but AEW at least books stuff that people want to see. So, um, maybe one of the biggest cheers of the night, though, quite frankly, was Hookhausen. Like, people love them. Um, and um, I showed you a couple, I think I showed you a Taz match or two over this weekend, Mike, and I think you learned Hook and his dad just have the same moves. He's doing all the same moves as his dad. Well, that's to be expected, right? I mean, if you're if you're a legacy wrestler, you you pretty much have to do a lot of the same moves that your old man or old lady did, right? Well, let me tell you, man. I was also listening to Renee uh, Paquette's podcast, and she said, "You don't let you don't get to have a shady suplex if your dad is Taz." Which, I mean, that just is reasonable. Your man calls himself the human suplex machine. This was a short match, though. Um, it was. Whoa, and uh, we got to the pay-per-view, and look, the most exciting thing happening by this pay-per-view was the days leading up to it, where MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, has been in a possibly real, we still don't know, but possibly real contract dispute with the promotion, where he feels he's being underpaid, and then on Saturday, before the event, we heard that he no-showed a meet-and-greet, and that he'd book a plane ticket back home. 
And then we had wrestling journalists at the airport. People thinking this was real. People thinking this was not real. Mike, when MJF actually showed off, showed up at the pay-per-view and people were chanting, he showed up. And then my man started doing an airplane motion in the ring. I came out of there just wondering, I don't know what's real. I really didn't know what was real. <laughs> still, don't, still don't know if it was a work. Still don't know if it's shoot. And still now, I still don't know whether it was a work or shoot. I, I don't uh, know. Wardlow is so over. Wardlow's got Goldberg in 98 levels of over right now. Like, people were just chanting Wardlow in other matches. Um, he crushed him. It was, you know, I, and it kind of it was very cathartic for everybody. It felt like maybe cathartic for you. I still don't get it. I don't get how this storyline, which was which has been going on for about three years, um, the payoff is the match between Wardlow and MJF, and it's just a squash match. I I don't get it. I mean, I, maybe maybe it wasn't a work, and we were just happy the match happened. Huh? maybe it's that. Um, the Hardys and the Young Bucks. I'm, I'm going to need Jeff Hardy to calm down, man. So there was a report that came out that Jeff Hardy was supposed to be on the 10-man uh, uh, this coming match. The one this week, yeah. But he was taken off of it because I guess he's pretty hurt. And a report said that he's been pretty hurt from, you guessed it, the match with Darby Allen. Yeah, and he, mostly I think he got hurt trying to catch Darby Allen. Um, this was a fun match, though, man. Honestly, there wasn't a lot of bad on this show. Everything was pretty good. And this match had better than any right that it had to be. I think the Bucks really had their bumping shoes on to make these old dudes look good. Um, but it was great. Um, Jade Cargill, Anna Jay. Probably the biggest thing to come out of this is just that we saw the uh, formerly known as Ember Moon Athena debut yeah. after the match. Yeah. And then uh, we also had my man the former Malcolm Bivens debut, Stokely Hathaway. So I feel they kind of just ham-fisted those two debuts, though. It is. It seems like they just kind of had to have one, they felt like. It seems like there's like every AEW pay-per-view, at least uh, we have a couple debuts. Um, Although I will say that for the women's division, I would. I am okay with them grabbing as much talent yeah. that's out there for the women's division because while Ty, Penelope... Um, Red Velvet, and, and and the rest, they're getting better. Well, it's the Britt Baker better. show right now, man. It's yeah. Britt's, Britt's entire division. Britt, well, well a lot of their younger talent is getting better. They're still not up to the level of WWE talent. So them getting Athena, I think, is a is a is a good move. Yeah, and I th I like having Stokely around because they don't. They, I like managers, and uh, a good heel manager never hurt anybody. So. House of Black versus Death Triangle. Uh, people like both of these teams a lot. It's hard for the House of Black to be heels because they're too cool. They're yeah. just fundamentally too cool. Marcus, they got this big dude, Brody King. My man went for like a running dive over the ropes. Mm -hmm. And he hit, he hit the ring apron with his neck. No. Oh. And then like he went down and the whole crowd went like this. Ooh. And then he popped up quickly and we all just went... Hey, he's okay. Because <laughs> yeah. it looked horrible. Jesus Christ, it looked bad. Um, Did you see the picture uh, during that match of someone like in the first two rows put, get Buddy M some tattoos. 
Oh, <laughs> he needs them, man. He's too clean cut. Um, this match had the payoff finally of Julia Hart joining the House of Black, which I thought they were going to do last month, but I guess they saved it for pay-per-view. I like that we got, I like that we got some progression there, giving Julia something to do. Uh, she's really young and pretty, you know, green and, but she looks at just potential there. Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, uh, the men's final of the Owen Hart tournament. Um, it's clean. I wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, honestly. I was expecting a lot from this match. It was a little short. I guess Adam Cole is hurt, though, too, they said. Everybody's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt, too. So he won clean over Samoa Joe. First matchup against between these two guys, which you wouldn't expect, given how long they work. Once Adam Cole won and Britt Baker came out, I'm like, oh, she's going to win this shit. Um, Britt Baker had her theme song played by, I guess, one of Jericho's friends or something. I don't know, some guitar player. Um, Ruby Soho had, had fucking, uh, what's it called there? Um, Rancid. Rancid there, playing the song Ruby Soho. Fucking crowd loves that song, man. Um, and this broke your rule, Mike, right? This match? It definitely broke my rule. For those of you that don't know, I don't think it's my rule. I think it's a pretty universal wrestling yeah. rule. Mm. That if you have on your entrance the actual band play or a band playing your entrance song, yo, you're winning. All right. And at first I thought it was going to be Brit because Brit had some dude come out, you know, play guitar, but he wasn't actually playing guitar. If you notice. All right. He was air guitar with an actual guitar, which gross. Okay. But then Ruby Soho came out with Rancid and I thought there's no way she's going to lose. You only get this most popping circumstance when you're going to win. And then um, she lost. Yeah, um, she lost. Britt Baker beat her like the way Owen Hart beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. Victory roll block. Then Owen Hart's wife came out. The uh, Owen Hart's widow came out. Miss uh, Dr. Martha Hart got a real loud chant. Tons of Owen chants. Um, I was telling Drew this, uh, my friend Drew, and I said it's kind of surreal to be at a wrestling show and we're acknowledging Owen Hart's existence because it has not been the case for over 20 years. And uh, it seemed like she was really moved by everything. And it was nice that Adam, Cole, and Britt, you know, who are real-life boyfriend-girlfriend, I think, or partners, um, won. So that was a nice moment. Uh, this next match was Paige Van Zandt's AEW debut. What'd you think for her first match, Mike? Uh, Probably she's been went, training for a month and a half, apparently. It, it, it went... As much as you would expect, she needed a lot of help from 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 Ty and from from Sammy Guevara. Um, Sammy really did help her with what was that one move that that she did? What the hell is it called? It's not a, a handspring elbow. Right? Oh, she did like a she did a head scissors. I think she did like a running head scissors type thing. Yeah, no, she yeah. did a DDT. She did the DDT. That's what she did. I did see that. Yeah, she did the spinning yeah. DDT. Sammy kind of did it. Just do that's the move where your yes. opponent kind of does it for you. They kind of swing you around. You get DDT and they DDT him. And sure enough, when I saw Sammy at the airport yesterday, I shook his hand and said, "You really helped Paige in that match." To which he responded, "Yeah, I know. That's what I did." <laughs> um, I thought honestly, what I did like is I didn't see a lot of shitty. I didn't. She didn't throw a lot of punches which I think it's one of the hardest things for MMA fighters or really anybody to do when they get into wrestling is to throw a convincing fake punch. But I've noticed with the MMA fighters, like it's even harder for them. Like Shayna Baszler is a really good wrestler. But I remember at first when she got to NXT, I'm like, her punches kind of suck. 
everything else is great. Um, Page I mean, through elbows. In, I like that. In, in fairness, uh, Page's real punches ain't that good either, if you know what I mean. Yeah, bare knuckle. A lot of bare knuckle highlights in that video package. Um, she's yeah, real green. I, 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 she, she's going to be, uh, I think she's going to, if she commits to this, she's athletic, young, got a good look. She could be something. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, Darby Allen. Darby Allen fell going through the middle ropes also and almost brained himself on the, in, on the cement, right? Right. There, there were a few botches or almost botches during this car where it's like someone's gonna die at, at AEW. Um, then Thunder Rosa, Serena Deep. Thunder Rosa came out wearing a shirt, big heart, a bit her gear had a big heart on it, her jacket. In the middle of the heart, she wrote uh, Uvalde. Um, is that how you say the name of the city, by the way? Because that's how I've been referring to it as. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the town where, um, the 20 some odd school children got murdered because the yeah. teachers weren't strapped with guns or so the Republicans will tell you. Um, that was awesome match. Just a really technically sound match. I love Serena Deeb. She is, I mean, Thunder Rose is great too, but Serena's such a good heel. I thought she did great in this. Um, now, Marcus, this show <laughs> on Friday, they added two matches to it. No, because and it was a, and it was a long show, but the, what they were worried about was the NBA had a game seven, and they didn't want to main event to go on as the same time as the game seven was happening. Sure. So they extended the card. It's a long fucking show. So three matches left on the card. I'm not saying I was tired, but I'm like, man, there's three left. Then this match happened. The our anarchy in the arena match between the Jericho Appreciation Society. Which is Chris Jericho, uh, Jake Hager, formerly Jack Swagger, a um, couple guys you don't know, Daniel Garcia and the gentleman formerly of 2.0, taking on uh, Blackpool Combat Club, which is Daniel Bryan, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. Um, this was a anything goes all over the arena match. Um, the ring announcer literally grabbed the mic and started off by saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, shit is about to hit the fan." This is anarchy in the arena. And this was the most fun I've ever had watching a wrestling match live. Because Moxley's uh, entrance theme, so all the heels come out. And um, <laughs> the heels come out to um, Jericho's song. Then Moxley's theme song in AEW is Wild Thing. The actual song Wild Thing. They licensed mm -hmm. it. They played Wild Thing for on repeat for the first 10 minutes of this match. Like, they played it. And, like, they didn't stop it. And the match has started. And they're beating the shit out of each other. Motherfuckers are jumping off ladders and tables. One dude's throwing mustard at another person. There's a... It's just... And then the, the song ends, right? For a brief moment. And then it starts up again. And the crowd loses their mind. And Jericho... And, the ma and eventually the music stopped because they had Jericho go to the soundboard and, like, unplug it so he could get heat, you know, with the crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a deliberate decision, though, to play the song like that because Jericho was Jericho's idea. He said... We should do it like a New Jack match and just play the fucking song. And, and then, like, you know, we'll get heat by unplugging it and stuff. Um, this match was nuts. They, there was a pile driver on ring steps. Um, the whole top rope got torn down. Um, Daniel, at one point, Eddie Kingston showed up from the back with a gas can <laughs> and started pouring gasoline on mm. people. And then that's, one of his one of his teammates got Daniel Bryan got gasoline on him. That's when the match fell apart. 
There was a barbed wire board. A lot was going on. Honestly, so much fun. My didn't first even, for, didn't even mention. Um, God, what is what is their actual tag team name? Uh, Santana Ortiz. Um, proud and powerful. Yeah, uh, proud and powerful. They both jumped off uh, the top of uh, of ladders. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, we got they, that then, nice video. Then they basically, then they weren't seeing the rest of the match after that. Yeah, it was just everybody was when the heels show up wearing all white, you know they're about to bleed. Um, so it was. Didn't look like anybody got hurt, despite all the blood, which was nice. And, um, again, the most fun I've had watching a wrestle. It was very hood slam, almost, I felt, like how, mm -hmm. how much the crowd was into it. Mike, this tag team title match with these three teams. Hard to follow the Anarchy in a arena match, but fuck. That was, was, pretty that was a good match. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised we didn't get new champs. Um. I was pretty surprised at that as well. Um, they've held the title for what, maybe about three, four months at this point. Yeah, I think since roughly the beginning of the year. Um, I guess I can see them not putting the belts back on the young bucks. I could see that. Um, I, I think the belts are coming pretty... to FTR eventually. I think they're coming to FTR. Those belts, everybody, yeah. there's FTR so over. Um, the highlight of the match. Which I didn't even know this was what he was doing at the time. At the time, I just thought it was funny. Ricky Starks, um, who also almost broke his neck in this match, by the way, at yep. one point. Yep. A lot of that happening. Uh, Ricky Starks um, had um, was pretty much did the Undertaker old school thing, walking on the top rope while doing an ar like arm ringing uh, Jungle Boy, and was like thrusting and dancing while doing it on the top ropes. Apparently, he was looking right at Jungle Boy's mom and sister while doing that. Which excellent heel work, man. Ricky Starks is so good. Ricky Starks is so going to be champion of this company, man. He is so good. He is like, when they talk about the pillars and they don't mention him, I'm like, he wasn't here from day one, but he's, he's one of them, man. He is so talented. All right, CM Punk and Hangman Page. I say the crowd was 60-40 for Punk. What do you think? Sound about right? Uh, Maybe two to yes. one. Yes. No, I, I think I would agree with that. There were more cheers for punk there were noticeable boos when hangman came out yes yes i See, would we learned cm punk is very popular in las vegas site of the famous pipe bomb bromo too um really good match for a long show and they ended this 13 uh, 13 match show including the pre-show really good main event um we learned cm punk is too old to do the buckshot lariat but besides that great match um, nice story of Hangman was had an opportunity to cheat, was gonna cheat, was gonna hit Punk with the belt, decided against it. His conscience won out. Unfortunately, his conscience cost him his title. Because right after that, got hit with the GTS 123. CM Punk, new world champion. Crowd loses their mind. We go to the, the credits. FTR comes out to celebrate with Punk. Punk talks to the crowd. Uh, I thought it was a really good show, Mike. Long, but I thought it was a really good show. How hard can it be to do a buckshot, Lariat? I mean... Can you, do, can you do a front flip? I mean, with help with a rope? Hell yeah. What? When you're 45 years old and been wrestling for 20 years and... No, man. Um, I mean, practice this shit the day before then, you know? He looked real fucking old when he, when he couldn't do it. <laughs> that was literally the only part of the match I was just like, yeah. The rest of it, though, great match. 
Um, I was a little surprised we didn't see some New Japan stuff because we're one month out from that pay-per-view. Um, and I was surprised we didn't see Kenny Omega return. Kind of tying that to the New Japan stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, Kenny Kenny was super hurt by the end of his run. You know, let that, let that man breathe. All right, let him heal. So uh, another thing I thought, uh, you hate Eddie Kingston. I know. Yes. But Eddie Kingston, you got to recognize, these fucking people love him. Eddie uh, Kingston I don't, need, I don't need to recognize shit. So I'm saying this, and I've thought about it, and it's going to bother you, but when Eddie Kingston wins that, t- that world championship, no. one, it's no. going to happen. Two, that's the, one t- that's the person taking the belt off Punk. It's not going to happen. Because that day is unfinished business. This crowd is going to – he's very Mick Foley of AEW. In terms of like the fan favorite of him, and he's he's gonna be world champ, Mike. The world champion is gonna be Eddie Kingston. Letting you know, I thought it was a really good show. I was excited. I'm excited for my next AEW show. So whenever that is, that's Eddie, really all I got. Eddie Kingston and that fucking soliloquy he was giving. Uh, I forgot which at what point, but he mentioned, "You don't want me to go back to that place. I don't want to go." And someone in the crowd asked, "Where is that?" And I yelled out, what, Yonkers? <laughs> Mike, uh, crowd comedian Mike over here. Um, I, Eddie Kingston did drop a bottle of whiskey in that, uh, in that vid- vignette, and everybody booed, which I enjoyed. Um, what did you think of the show, man? I thought it was great. What's your opinion? I thought it was excellent. Um, I'm really happy that I went. Um, to your point about it being super long, um, I think if I had been here on the East Coast watching it, you know, just on my TV, I definitely would have fallen asleep because as we've talked about, when it comes to me and staying up past like 11 o'clock, um, I am an old man in that aspect. So it was nice. So it was very nice to be on the West Coast and, and watch it and, you know, it actually be done at a sensible hour. Yeah, Marcus, uh, Steph texted me after the show and he's just like, oh, I heard you guys were at the longest show ever. And I'm like. And it's weird saying this to people who are normal, but you guys are all MMA fans too, listening. It's only five hours. Mark yeah. and Mike and I have all been to MMA shows where we've been yeah. there for seven hours. We've been there for the first fight to the end. Mm-hmm. And if your fight, if the sh- you know what, no matter how long a show is, if it's good, yeah, people have a good time. There, and there I, weren't any. There weren't any nacho matches in uh, in this card. Yeah, but did you get nachos anyways? No, no. We went to oh, what's it called before. Oh, we went to a, we went to a what's it called. We went to a Foga de Chow before and got a lot of okay. So you, were, stuff. you were prepped and ready. Yeah, you know what? They they have that thing there, Marcus, where they don't they don't like to give you a bottle cap. They like to unscrew the bottle on your sodas and stuff. You know, like. But guess how many guess how many bottle caps are on a plate of nachos? Zero, amigo. No, no bottle caps. No. Did yeah, we get was, any food at all? You just got beers, right? I, I got M and M's. Oh, you did do that. Yes, I was very angry that. I got two beers, you know, double fist in life. And they opened the first one and the guy went to open the second one. I'm like, no, no, like leave it closed because, you know, I'm drinking both of these. And he's like, oh, no, I got to open it. Then he opened them like you fucking dick. And then Bobby comes, you know, coming with his waters. Waters or water? I forget. Did you buy two? I bought two. Yeah. Yeah. He comes with his waters, plural, and he has both of his fucking bottle caps on them. And I'm like, what bullshit is this? Let me tell you, Mark, after they took my bottle caps at the Friday show, my bottle cap at the bottom at the Friday show, I mm. showed up with water bottle bottle cap in my pocket. Ah, or if they did put a cat, take the cap. I was like, I'm ready. I got an oh. Aquafina cap in this pocket, man. But they didn't. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm like, do you really have to take it off? He's like, 
I won't. And I'm like, thank you. And then he, I saw he was not racism. taking it off for anybody. He was literally, Bobby was literally right after me. So it's the same bullshit. guy. He's same like, guy. your skin's just a little bit lighter. You're okay, bro. Well, you know what, man? I think, you know, they thought this, Mike might, you know, he's getting alcohol. He might get drunk and cause some shit. I'm, I'm buying water. I'm buying $6 water. How yeah, much trouble am I trying to get the, into? Uh, Mike, were your bottles glass? No, cans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They just cracked the cans open, both of them. Okay. Tall boys. Okay. But they were tall boys. Okay. Cause I was kind of like, wait, can doesn't like, have a They were like what, now, 24 now, ounces, right? Different questions, but they were right. like 24 ounce beers, I think. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh AEW comes out of this show a month out from their Chicago show, which is gonna be a New Japan versus AEW. And people wondering whether they're the best heel in the company is trying to leave for WWE. So hopefully that doesn't happen because they won't let him do what he does in that company. That's really it. I hope he gets all, I hope he makes all the money in the world. But me as a fan, it will not be that entertaining for me to him to go to the other company. Also because I don't watch the other show, which I don't, unless they told me MJF is being MMJF on that show, Mike, I'm not sure it would draw me in. Yeah, I would right. agree. He, he wouldn't yeah. be the same in WWE. If he was doing that, I'd watch. I would happily watch. So it was just when, you know, when he wrestles Cody and calls him a butt bag, I'm going to be like, okay, well, this isn't the same. Um, all right. Um, I think that's all we got this week, guys. Um, we'll be back next week. We're going to preview uh, UFC 275 coming to you from the Singapore Indoor Stadium, which holds 12,000 people. I thought they'd do more. And I feel they've been to Singapore before, haven't they, or not? Yes, been to the Philippines. I think uh, Holly Holm uh, headlined the uh, Singapore. Yeah, fight. that sounds right. They have been. Yeah, could be when you're starting at six in the morning. They're like, you know what? Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Maybe we can't fill yeah. this with 20,000, 30,000 people. Hey, man, hey, WWE was trying to fill up the Raider Stadium for their pay-per-view in Vegas. And they're like, what? Take it back. Nope, we're going to go to a normal arena. We're not putting 60,000 people watching wrestling in Vegas. That's not happening. Um, all right. We'll be back next week. As I mentioned, um, I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, happy Memorial to every day to everybody. And uh, see y'all next week. Peace. See y'all. Bye-bye.